What is happening, motherfuckers? We're back. First official episode of the rebranded podcast, yeah? So we are now chat shit, get banged. Yeah, so you're going to have all your, all your content, all different content coming through here. Obviously, I'm going to be talking loads about the fight game because, you know, me, I love it. I am glued to the fights every weekend, pretty much. So, yeah, a lot of the fight talk, a lot of the fight news, but then also other stuff as well, you know, the the lot... The last podcast we had a guest come on talking about different um, different struggles they've had in life and also the way that they sort of overcome them. I'm still going to have those sort of guests on as well. I'm still going to do a lot more podcasts by myself. I think uh, get my ideas across for a lot of stuff is, is going to be cool as well. So welcome, welcome to Chat Shit, Get Banged. We're going to jump straight in. So this one today is pretty much kind of a recap over 2021 um, of what of it there was you know especially in the uk we were locked down for the first three months so yes 2021 recap and then jumping into 22 what we've got lined ahead the plans and uh what's up and coming and the news and just everything basically let's let's try and cover as much as we can in this one yes it's pretty much just like a a preview to the new podcast all right so let's jump straight in let's get back to 2021 so, obviously, like I say, in the UK, it was mental, wasn't it? Yeah, it was mental from start to finish. It was all a bit confusing, obviously. We got back into another lockdown. We were, I got back to work for one day, I think, in January. And then that one day, we closed down again for three months. Which was shit. Proper shit. Especially for people like myself, you know? I'm training all the time, so it was, it was fucking heartbreaking. And I couldn't train properly, couldn't train with my training partners, couldn't punch people in the head or get punched in the head, which is what I love most. And I'm sure for some of you, you have similar sort of things. Maybe not the punching in the head and getting punched in the head part, but, you know, you have your own things as well that you couldn't do. So it's pretty shit for the UK start of the year. But in spite of that, for fight fans, it was fucking unreal. Unreal, not just the first three months, but the whole of 2021 was unreal when it comes to fights. We got a packed up, and now, like, it used to be a couple of divisions with the stacked divisions, but now you've got, most of them are pretty stacked. Most of them are pretty stacked now. You've got so much up-and-coming talent now. The, the game has evolved. It's just transcended, and now you just don't get shit fights anymore, which is, which is exciting. Yeah, so 2021 was great for that. But shit for the rest of it. So I don't know what you guys did through the first three months, but so the first lockdown, the very first one where we were shut down for six months or whatever it was, I did fuck all in those six months. And I'm I'm sure a lot of people were the same. I ain't afraid to admit it. I was fat and lazy all through those all through those months. And it was basically because I had in my mind, because I was training and working a lot, I was like, they said for the first time, they said it'll be three weeks. I was like, cool, I'll actually take some time off. I'll have three weeks where I just kind of chill, watch some TV, have some beers or something, you know, just just chill. Those three weeks went past and it was another three weeks. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, I can just do another three weeks. And then it carried on and on. And I just, I got into that cycle then, so I just stayed. Just stayed doing nothing. Oh, fat. Trust me when I say I got fat. I was walking around. I was fighting and walking around at about 72 kilos. Yeah, which is, what, about 10, 11 stones, something like that. So I was walking around there. And then when we came back out of lockdown, that first lockdown, I was 87 kilograms. 87 kilos, which is about 13 stone-ish. So I was a big boy. And that was all facts. I wasn't training, so that was all just food. Which I'm sure is the same for a lot of us, really. We all came a little bit chunkier. It was chunky season. Chunky season when we came out of the first lockdown. So yeah, when the second one came along, the three-month one, I was like, fuck this, I'm actually going to be productive. So I downloaded McGregor Fast. Yeah, so McGregor's, obviously, as most people know, I'm a McGregor fanboy. Little bit less these days, but you know I used to ride his ride his dick a little bit up until the couple uh, most recent couple of years. So I downloaded his app. 
his fitness app and I was just doing all the workouts on there and I was smashing it for three months to the point where he sent me a free pair of McGregor fast gloves. It's got a cool little quote on the inside of it. I've actually got one of them next to me now. And it says on the inside of the glove, there's no talent here. This is hard work. This is an obsession with Conor McGregor underneath. So that's pretty cool. I actually use them as well. They're my training gloves. And he sent me a personal message as well, which is pretty cool. It's on my Instagram. Tay Sullivan MMA. Check that shit out. So yeah, it's on my Instagram. So what's up, Taylor? The notorious Conor McGregor here. And I lost my shit. Lost my shit then. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Come out, I was a little bit in shape and then had the rest of 2021 to smash out. And I'm hoping some of you had similar ideas, maybe not with the working out thing, but the second lockdown just being a bit more, maybe not productive, but finding something to pass the time with rather than what I did the first time around, just doing feck all. So fight-wise, I'm looking at them all now because obviously I was trying to recap them all. So I watched pretty much all these fights coming up. But off the top of my head, I've got to rewind. So I'm looking at the list now. I'm rewinding way back when. Way back when. So we can get through as many as we can. Because it's so... There's, oh, fucking, I just... I'm getting excited talking about it. So many fucking mental fights. So many mental fights. So even, like, you're talking eight months ago was Masvidal Usman 2... Oh, you had Rodriguez Watson, Whitaker Gaston, Ngannou Miocic, that was all happening in 2021, Adesanya Blahovic, like, fuck me, man, this is, it's nuts, it's nuts. I'm only going to be talking about main event fights as well, by the way, because obviously there's a lot to get through, and I know there's a lot of up fights, if I remember them as well, we'll get through some of the fights that were on the main card, but I'm just going to be talking about these main fights, because, you know, the... These are the these these are the ones that have basically got our our nuts excited. Yeah, these are these are the ones that I've been getting getting us going, wanting like getting us to watch these. So we're gonna go from there. So we had eleven months ago and pre was this the first one back? I think it might have been the first one out of January twenty twenty one. But we had Chiesa versus Magni. That was a tough one. You know, it wasn't like the greatest. I don't like this is for the hardcore fans as well. You know, you probably watched that fight. I remember, it wasn't the greatest, exciting, most exciting fights ever. Um, Chiesa just dominated Magni completely with his grappling, and Chiesa's long as well, man. He's like just got long reach, long limbs, which is like perfect for jujitsu. Magni's long as well, but I just think. He just got outclassed when it came to the grappling exchanges. Which was good because Chiesa was at one... What was he at? He was at one seven, No, 155 he was at. He went to 150... He was at 155. He wasn't doing too great there. And then he made the weight jump. And then he just had... Yeah, he just had success after success with that one. So it was a good move by him. But yeah, it wasn't... It was a good performance for Chiesa, but in terms of fight, like casual fight fans, that wasn't the most exciting one, but it was very good performance from Chiesa getting the win over Neil Magny, who is a fucking hard stone to turn in that division, you know? He's he's one of he's like a blockade. You get you get so far and then you get someone like Neil Magny to try and push you that little further and it's a hard one to break through, you know? So yeah, that was, that was a good way to start it. That was a fight night. So that was the first fight night. And then obviously we went and we got into the um, pay-per-view events. Conor McGregor versus Dustin, Dustin Poirier 2. Meaning their first one at 155. So for a lot of you, I know for, for people that are fairly new to the sport or kind of only watch Conor McGregor, um, he this second fight... The fight that he just had with Dustin was his third fight. People call that Dustin Poirier McGregor two, but it's not. I mean, it's the it's the the two out of the most recent ones. Yeah, so this was Conor McGregor Dustin Poirier two, and it broke my heart. This fucking fight, you know. Obviously, like I say, I was a McGregor diehard fan. He's a reason why I got into the sport, and why 
why I started the sport anyway. I mean, there's other people before him, Anderson Silver, Chuck Liddell, those sort of people got me into watching it. But he got he he's a reason I thought, you know what, fuck it, I wouldn't mind doing this. So it takes a special kind of man to make someone want to get punched, kicked and elbowed. So it broke my heart to see this fight. Because he looked... He, excuse my silence. All right, it just hurts. It hurts when I talk about it. But... You know, he, just from from the get-go, I mean, everyone talks about him being the nice guy for that one, you know, he's humble, like he was with Cowboy, and he was cool, he was friendly, and everyone was like, his whole game was the mental side, and I don't know, man, I don't think any of that played a factor, I don't think him being nice played a factor in his, in his fighting, because he was nice with Cowboy, and he went at him. I know Cowboy's a different fighter to Poirier, but... He went flying at Cowboy, which is why he got it done in 40 seconds. So I don't think being the nice guy necessarily had anything to do with it. I think pff, there's a lot of factors when it comes to Conor McGregor. Yeah, everyone says it. There was money got in the way because his drive used to be money. And then when you've got all the money in the world, what's your drive anymore? Yeah, then you've got... Boxing, so he took so much time out, focused on boxing, fought Floyd Mayweather, and then didn't like didn't fight in the UFC for years, yes, and he was just focusing on boxing for that time out. So that's another thing. I think he got rid of his movement coach. I forget what his name was. That'll piss me off. It'll come back to me. So he got rid of his movement coach. You know when he was doing this capoeira stuff back in the day when he was in the featherweight division, tearing shit up. He had that karate bounce. He's doing. He was going to like um, gyms in Miami and Los Angeles, and he's. Doing all this movement stuff, moving freely, and I think as soon as as soon as he got rid of his movement coach, that's when things started going downhill for him, because he started getting into this more boxing style. So when he fought Poirier, that um, the second time when he fought Poirier at one fifty five last year, it was you could see he was just static. Yeah, he was focused on boxing. He was catching Poirier though. You know, it's always scary when Conor McGregor's throwing punches at you because that left hand take anyone out. So he's landing against Poirier, but then Poirier's chopping away at that leg because he's heavy on that lead leg in the boxing stance. And then a short like second round, he got pieced up, got pieced up, and then knocked out for the first time in his career. Yeah, it's. It's, and it was hard to watch. So, for, my, for me, my opinion, I think it was... The, obviously, all those other factors, you know, the timeout, the boxing, that all plays a part. But I think that move, the movement coach, like, get rid of his movement coach and his, like, the movement regime he used to have, I think that plays a lot of big part in it too. I think if he got that back... I mean, I'm going to jump into the, the, second, the third fight with him as well because obviously it was in the same year. There's no point being on this topic of conversation and then scrolling up and finding it again. So even when the second fight, he saw he had that bounce back a little bit and he came straight in with those spinning back kicks. And it looked pretty good. He looked good, you know? He was like, yes, this is the kind of Connor we wanted. And then um, for whatever reason, he pulls the guillotine, starts getting beaten up on the floor, and then it's the unfortunate ankle break. So I don't feel like we really got to see if the old Connor's back in that one. Because it's, you know, is it leg broke? I mean, yeah, fair enough. He lost that first round anyway. He would have lost it anyway. But it wasn't like he was getting completely fucked up. You know what I mean? And obviously, in between rounds, a lot of shit can happen. So I feel like there's still much of Conor McGregor to see. It's just what fights are we going to see from now? I mean, there's talk about him and Charles Oliveira, which obviously doesn't make sense. But for like, when you're thinking about Charles Oliveira, it makes sense. He's just become the UFC champ. And we'll get down to his fights soon as well. But he's just become the UFC champ. And at that champ status, you know, he's he's in that he's in that bubble now. He's in that position where he can get that Conor McGregor fight. Yeah, it's going to pull so much. It's enticing Conor. It's enticing the world. As much as the hardcore fans are like, what the, that doesn't make sense. And the other fighters are going to be fucking kicking off. As a business standpoint... For Charles Oliveira, this is his best opportunity to get a Conor McGregor fight. Because you think if he fights, if he fights someone else, any of those top guys, you know, if he fights, he's got Gaethje's next in line. If he loses to Gaethje, he doesn't get that McGregor fight really. 
You know, it could materialise, but if you think about it, he loses the belt. He might, it lessens his chances, let's say, of getting that McGregor fight because his status diminishes a little bit. So I think uh, for him to get that McGregor fight, like, without with certainty and get that money, he's got to be champ. And this is his best time to do it. You know, even if he loses to McGregor, loses the belt, then for Oliveira just to, to get that chance, to get that bank, get that money. I mean, I know it's not all about the money and he's going to want to win that fight, but... When you're thinking about these fighters, yeah, long term, they don't get a hell of a lot, yeah? They don't get a hell of a lot. I mean, they do get paid, but they don't get paid a substantial amount of money for what they do, all right? The champs do because they get the pay-per-view monies and stuff, but it's still not enough for what they do, I don't think. So for him to go out and get a McGregor fight, and then he's got that behind his back, he's got that money, and then... He can go from there. I think it's a great business standpoint for Oliveira and obviously the UFC. It would just piss a lot of people off in the process. So I think it could happen. Could happen. So keep your eyes peeled for that. That could be McGregor's return um, for that one. Got another couple of cool fights here. You had Overeem, Volkov. Um, obviously Overeem just, just had a hard time of it in the UFC, man. He fucking came close so many times and then fell short. And now he's out, so it was. It's it's hard again. Another fight is heartbreaking to see because he's been in it for so long. He's beaten some of the best guys in the division. He had champ material all over him, and it just just didn't materialize. So yeah, it's a bit unfortunate. That was a good fight over him versus Volkov. Um, another fight night. Volkov's always good to watch, man. He's so technical for a heavyweight. So technical, and it and it. And the heavyweight division's exciting anyway. Like speaking of Volkov when he fought Derek Lewis. Yeah, he's piecing Derek Lewis apart the whole fight. And you just think, Oh, when's Derek Lewis? It just it's gotta go out soon. And then one punch. Derek Lewis threw one punch. That was it. Volkov out. So the heavyweight division's always exciting. So that's what we've got here. We've got Blaze and Lewis as well. That was a good fight. Um Curtis Blades. Again, he's had a bit of a hard time of it really, in that heavyweight division, because he's good, man, his wrestling's insane, I just think he lacked, just just lacked that little bit of defensive, what you call it, like, urgency when it comes to heavyweights, he just got caught with follow-up shots, which I think could have been prevented, but again, it's heavyweights, man, they touch you, you're going out, so no hard words on Curtis Blaze, he's still quality, and obviously we all love the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, funniest fucker in the game. So, another good one. And then you've got Rosenstrike and Cyril Garns. That's Cyril Garns coming out party, I think, really. He had um, a few fights before, but yeah, I think Rosenstrike was his coming out party. Because Rosenstrike was supposed to be the new hard hitter of the division. Um, he was knocking people out. Good kickboxing background. And then, obviously, Nganu dealt with him. But um, he's still at the top of that party, you know, the top of that heavyweight division. So, for Cyril Garns to go out and kind of Almost dominate that one as well. That was his coming up. That's when people started to notice a little bit more about Cyril Garn and what he's about. And he's nuts, man. <laughs> he's fucking crazy. And he's fighting this weekend as well. He's fighting on the 22nd of January against Nganu. And he's mad. He's mad, I'm telling you. You lot, if you don't know, just, just, just search him, YouTube, Cyril Garn. Fucking nuts. He's like... The best way I can describe him is an MMA Tyson Fury. The way that Tyson Fury moves in boxing, yeah, six foot nine, however heavy he is, and he moves like he's a fucking lightweight, you know, just bouncing around, popping in and out. That's exactly what Garn's like. He's got this like karate style, and he's like he's two hundred and forty pounds, and he's bouncing in and out like these like welterweights in the UFC. It's fucking crazy, man. So it's gonna be a Give me a scrap this weekend. And I think Garn has a very good chance of taking that from Nganu. Which could cause some shit. And we're going to talk about that soon. Because it's more news now about Nganu. So we're going to get to all the new... Pardon me, just burped up. Just all the stuff with Nganu as well. Because there's some shit going down with him. Some shit going down. These three in front of me right now. These ones are fucking incredible fights that we've had. So we've had Blahovic and Adesanya. That was interesting, yeah, because I don't think there was much of a call for 
Adesanya going to light heavyweight. Because you watch him, like, I know there, there was a call, that's why they made the fight, but I think for a lot of fans, like for me, me personally, I never wanted to see, I'd love to see Izzy go out and smash all divisions, but I just didn't see it working, if you know what I mean. Because he's, he's, he's big, obviously, he's tall, he's long, but he is a middleweight, and I think he's too small for that light heavyweight division. You think some of these light heavyweights are heavyweights, and they just cut down to that weight. And Alessandro is having to put weight on to go to light heavyweight. I think if there was a in between divisions, you know, when they'd like an Eagle FC, Khabib Nurmagomedov, if he had you had the one sixty five, one seventy five, one eighty five, one ninety five, then he could do a double champ sort of thing. But I think I think those light heavyweights are just a bit too big for him. Um, but saying that, like he was cleaning up the middleweight divisions. What else you do with a cunt? Do you know what I mean? When he's he's fucking he's lighting people up left, right, and centre, and just making it look easy. So the only option for him really was like, oh, fuck it, let's go up. And yeah, it was it was a good fight. I think he was a bit too hesitant of Blahovic's power, the Polish powerhouse. But and then eventually he just got taken down and and sort of dominated on the floor. But I basically out strengths, yeah. Just that was just down to strength. But all in all, it was a good fight. You know, no, no stock loss for Adesanya. Um, major points for Blahovic. Um, so we might see Adesanya in the heavy, light heavyweights again. But I think he needs to put on more mass for that. I think he needs to actually... Because he came in under, I think, just a little bit under on the light heavyweight scale. Like, that's, that's mad, bro. <laughs> that's fucking crazy. Because you think of... Blahovic is probably coming down from a heavyweight physique down to one one oh five and you're going up. You know? Like scientifically you're fucked. <laughs> to put it politely, but you know. They might be in for that in the future, especially if he starts tearing everyone up again, he's got to fight Whitaker again. If he just just starts clearing out that middleweight division even more. It's not there's no option for him really. It's either retire and let someone else get the fucking belt. Which I would never want to see, but you know that's like, what else do you do with him? Or bring him up a division, or even down a division. But I think he's probably too big for. What's that? A middle welterweight? Yeah, man, too big for welterweight. But overall, good fight, good fight. Unfortunate for Adesanya. And then you had uh, Edward Balal Muhammad. Which was annoying again, because that was Edwards' return party, you know? He didn't fight for so long. They even took him off the fucking rankings, because he didn't fight for so long. Which, you think about Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz, I know they're superstars, but fuck me, man, come on. They don't fight for like three, four years, and they stay in the top top ten somehow. So this was supposed to be Edwards' is like, like I, he's on a fight win streak, they weren't giving him the uh, the opponents he deserved. There's a lot of shade on his name, which I think is fucking disgraceful. <laughs> So this is supposed to be the fight, like, yeah, I'm here to stay. And he was doing well, you know, he was piecing Muhammad up. And then poked him in the eye. Poked him in the fucking eye. And that was it, fight over, no contest. It's just the, the eye pokes, man, it's, it's a problem. When it's stopping fights, it's a problem. Yeah, I know it doesn't happen, like... I know it's not happening fucking every weekend. There's a stoppage because of an eye poke. But when it's actually stopping a fight completely, like you should, that's when you should be thinking, like, we need to sort something out. One fight is one too many fights to be stopping for eye pokes. Yeah, you can't think, oh, it's only one fight. And then two years later, oh, it's another fight. Or even six, six months, whatever. doesn't fucking matter. One eye poke stoppage is enough for you to think, let's fucking change these gloves. Because that was more, that's, that's more of a piss take for Edwards than it is. I know it was Edwards that accidentally eye poked him, but for Bilal Muhammad, it's no stock lost on him if he lost. You know, he had nothing to lose in that fight. He's the underdog. He was just going to go out and do his business. And he's a sick fighter anyway. But it's more of a piss take for Edwards because now he's got to do it all again. Not fight Bilal, but he's got to fucking go through sort of lower ranked guys again, not these not the champ and he's gotta keep fighting to try and get that champ status, so or that fucking contention fight. So it's a piss take really. But he's on he's on top now, he's got that fight, so 
So yeah, I think the gloves, man. The gloves are a big thing. I think it's Trevor. Is it Trevor Whitman? I think he's designed like the perfect glove for MMA, like the curved. It doesn't affect the grappling. I've worn two. I've worn both pairs of gloves. Yeah, so I've I've got like UFC UFC gloves. And yeah, you literally—it's like just having no gloves on, pretty much. A little bit of pad around your knuckles, so you can have your fingers straight out. And I understand how how easy it is to poke someone in the eye with that. I've trained with them on as, as well, and I'm one of—I kind of use my hand as my distance, kind of like um, what John Jones does. You know, he puts his left hand out. I kind of use that as well, and I've I've accidentally poked a few people with that. So then I started using. Um, some curved MMA gloves and I can still do the same thing and I'm not poking people my fingers aren't straight out I'm still using it and then I can still grapple and I just think it's a, it's an elite it's an elite glove and I think it should be implemented into all MMA organisations to stop this from happening man just to stop the Edwardses and the Mohammeds of the world getting screwed over on fucking accidental shit like that so that's my take on that. Fucking curved gloves. That's all we need. After that, you had the Brunson and Holland fight. So Kevin Holland, Kevin Holland, man, he's funny. Yeah, especially like if you watch, if you watch him fight, he talks a lot. He's having conversations with fighters, and he's having a conversation with Khabib during one of his like he's and Daniel. Quite, he's like he he's hilarious, man. I wish he goes far in the UFC because he was on a bit of a a streak. He was knocking people out, and then. Um, he got tested against bigger opposition and that's when you saw the holes in his game and it was mainly his wrestling you saw the holes in so he's gone away and he's and he's actually I think he went to Daniel Cormier aka America yeah, did he go to he either went to he either went to Daniel Cormier's wrestling gym or he went to aka one of them I know it's something to do with Daniel Cormier to work on his wrestling um, because that's what showed with Brunson. Brunson kind of just dominated him wrestling-wise. Um, but Kevin Holland was having some success on the feet, so, you know, that just shows. If he just tightens up that wrestling game, he's going to be a problem in that division. A real motherfucking problem. So, that's one to look out for. Kevin Holland, we'll see how he sort of progresses through. Um, Jesus fucking Christ, man, look at these fights. Mio Chichinganu two, madness, um, pure madness. Stipe thought he clipped him. He clipped him with a left hook, and he thought Ngannou was shook by it. But I think it was more Ngannou hasn't really been hit clean with shots. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like he just fucking knocked the cunts out in the first round. Apart from Mio who dominated him, but that was like wrestling. So I think it was more Ngannou just stood there and he kind of looked angry. So then Stipe went in thinking that he hurt him and then oh, just got dealt with, really. Ngannou power got knocked the fuck out. And now he's a champ. Ngannou is the champ. So that was how Ngannou got his belt and how we are now arriving to the first pay-per-view of the year against uh, with Ngannou Cyril Gan. So... Fucking mad. Fucking mad. Um, and then speaking of Kevin Holland, you've got the Vittori-Kevin Holland fight. Again, I think it's just these higher-level guys, you know? These higher-level guys just opened up a lot of problems for Kevin Holland. Um, yeah... It's hard, man. It's hard. It's because you get all that confidence. Obviously, I can't speak from... I can't say I speak from experience because I'm not in the UFC. But you're getting those... All that confidence from sort of striving through the division. You've got a little bit of hype behind your name and people are talking about you and there's videos of you, especially him because he's talking to his opponents when he fought Jacare Souza and he's just... And the way he knocked it, I'm like, there's so many crazy things. And you've got that hype, you've got that confidence behind you. And then you just come up against these fucking callous guys. This is what I'm saying about, like, the Neil Magnes of the world, yeah? Some of them are a little bit different to Neil Magny in terms of skill set and shit. But, like, he's getting through the division. He's becoming a bit of a star, he's a bit, a bit of a known name. 
and then he comes up to the Brunsons, the the Tories, and you get exposed, man. You get exposed, and uh, that's pretty much what happened. Not, not I wouldn't say he got like exposed. Not like to say he doesn't belong in the UFC, but just his the holes in his game were opened, and uh, we saw really what he needed to do to get back to that. So. Yeah, so we had fun with that one. Um, we had Usman, Masvidal 2 as well. That was fucking nuts. That was fucking crazy, man. Because obviously Masvidal, Usman the first time. It was short notice for Masvidal. He come in and he fucking fought, man. He was getting... He did get his cardio, really. He said if he had a strong camp. Striking-wise, he was doing, had a lot of success over Usman. But then this one, Usman just sent a fucking truck through his chin, bro. Fuck! I've never seen anyone... Oh, mate, just thinking about it, his, he just went through his chin. Like, Spanish jaw to the back of his head. Like, Masvidal was Ben Askren. And I loved it because Ben Askren put a picture up straight away. Super necessary of him knocked out. I love I do like Masvidal, but it was like... That punch, man, just ended his soul. Took his soul out while he was on floor unconscious and inserted it into his arsehole. That's was fucking mental, mate. It was crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. One of my favourite knockouts of 2021. Speaking of one of my favourite knockouts of 2021, you have Reyes versus Prokatska. If I've said that right. Prokatska? Prokatska. Anyway, this guy's fucking light heavyweight. He's coming up through the ranks at the moment. I'm pretty sure he's next in line for the title. And he got a spinning elbow knockout against Dominic Reyes. And it was clean. It was nominated for knockout of the year as well. Um, but yeah, that was fucking crazy, man. Dominic Reyes is tough. He got knocked out. He had a great, great fight against John Jones. And then I think... That that confidence again, where he's on top of the world, and even against John Jones is on top of the world, still loses. I think that I think a little bit of arrogance got to him because he still fought, even though he thought he beat John, the greatest of all time. So he's gone into his next fight thinking it's going to be a breeze. Got knocked out, been knocked out again. So it's a yeah, a bit of a rocky road for Dominic Reyes at the moment. But we'll see, we'll see, we'll see where it takes him because he's he's definitely he's. He's no fucking shit house, you know what I mean? He's gonna be back. He's gonna be back and he's gonna He's gonna do the business, you know? He's gonna do the business. We've had Oliver Chandler as well. That's a great one. That's a great one to dive into. So that was that was that was a weird situation, I think. I think obviously Dustin Poirier um was looking for the Conor McGregor second fight, getting on a payday. Third fight even, second fight of you know, you know you know what you know what I fucking mean. Um so yeah, it was his sec his third fight with McGregor. So he was up in line he was next in line for the title. It was vacant. Obviously Khabib retired, so it was vacant. And I thought it would probably have been a Dustin Poirier, um, Oliveira lightweight championship belt. I think that's what was going to go down until, obviously, like I say, Poirier just took the money fight. So, yeah, materialised Oliveira Chandler, which I went against, to be fair. Um, especially after Chandler's knockout against Dan Hooker in his debut. That was fucking mad. So, I went against it at all. And that was crazy as well, dude. Like, Fuck. Chandler come in and clipped him. Clipped him first round, dropped him. And I'm thinking, oh, no way. As much as I love Chandler, I didn't want him to have the belt so soon, you know, coming from Bellator. So I was like, fuck this. And I love Oliveira. But then Oliveira pulled it out the bag. Come back, second round. Boom, cleanest left hook I've ever seen in my fucking life. Sends him into the next realm and takes the belt. I was so happy for Oliveira because he, he, he had a tough time of it. He had a tough time of it. And as soon as he did, again, as soon as he did the weight change, like, stopped cutting weight, he dominated. And now he's on a 12-fight win streak, I think, or something. And I think he's here to stay, you know. I think Oliveira is here to stay. He's just beat Dustin Poirier. Again, another great fight for him. Um, he kind of dominated Poirier on the feet as well. And he just took that fight. So that's the first title defence. 
I think he beats the likes of Gate the Gaethje. I think I, I think he beats Gaethje. Um, just on the grappling side, he's just so nuts with the grappling. So fucking mad on grappling. Jiu-jitsu's on another level. He just slips things in like he's just out of nowhere, and you're just no, the next thing you know, you're asleep. Do you know what I mean? So I think he beats a lot of these guys. I think his hardest fight is that Islam Makachev. I think that's his hardest fight. Or Conor McGregor in the first round. Right? Just in the first round. I think if McGregor makes it, if Oliveira gets him past the first round, dangerous for McGregor. But the, those first few exchanges, you've got to be careful with him. But I think Islam Makachev is going to be a great fight for Oliveira in the future. Two grapplers, one jiu-jitsu, one wrestling. Um, it probably will be down to battle of the battle of the striking. And they both got great striking, so that's a good one to watch. Um, got a couple good ones here. So Font Garbrandt. Um, Garbrandt just didn't really look like he was going to do much in that fight. Font was just popping him off with his jab. Um, I think Cody Garbrandt has kind of lost his way a little bit. He's on a five, five knockout streak or something like five knockouts in a row or something. So yeah, I don't know how much longer he can keep it up for. I thought I thought Rob Font was a good. Um, not a good test. I think Rob Ford, that's that's his come up, isn't it, to Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt's still in the top end of the division. And Rob Font just performed that night. Just performed and Cody couldn't really work out that jab. And uh yeah, didn't get the result, so um that's that one really. You had Alessandro Vittori too. Uh again, just just dominance from Alessandro. I don't really I I, I don't really know what to say about him. Do you know what I mean? Like trying to trying to talk about Adesanya. Like what what do I say? He's just fucking everyone up. I can't I can't. The only flaw is the Blovich. He got outstrength. He got outstrength and taken to the floor. What else? He just fucks people up. So that was a good fight. Vittori brang it, but Adesanya took it home. Um. Korean zombie Ige scrap any scrap that the zombies in is one to fucking watch. Do you know what I mean? I love the Korean zombies nuts. I also love Ige as well. Ige's good fighter. Um, definitely the two, two of the two of the most two people to watch in that uh, featherweight division for sure. Um, what else we got a. Uh, Poirier McGregor three, we've we've talked about that really, um, about his leg break and shit, just unfortunate. And I don't want to see a fourth fight. As much as I know people are saying that there's fucking un unresolved issues, it just it gets to a point where you see a fight poster come up, and you just ask, why the fuck would anyone? Why should I watch that? <laughs> And that's what I've got to that point with Dustin Poirier and McGregor. I've seen their faces next to each other too many times now. It's just fucking annoying. I'd just rather McGregor fight new people, Dustin Poirier go his, his own way. And then maybe later down the line, you know, but back to back, bro. Back to back. It's fucking annoying. So let's hope not for a fourth one straight off the bat. Um, Makachev, Moises, that's not really interesting. Makachev's just been dominating those lower-ranked guys. Obviously, he had a good fight against Hooker, but I think I think he's going to have a bit of a problem when it comes to those um, streakers, I call them. Yeah, streakers in the division. Obviously, Dan Hooker's coming off a two-fight skid. No, he's not. He fought. He, won, he lost one, lost. So, he's shaky, yeah? It's not, not, not on a solid... Um, win streak where that confidence, you know, that confidence drives part of the fight. So when he comes up against these like Dariush, Chandler's, Gate Cheese, like, I think he's gonna have a fucking problem. Um, but saying that, he's Oliveira's, like I said earlier, he's Oliveira's toughest challenge, I think. But you know, style, styles make matches, you know, styles make fights. So it's all good of me saying oh, I'll be a good fight, him and Oliveira, but he's got to get through those other guys first, which could be a struggle. Um, we had Sanhagen Dillashaw. Dillashaw's back on the motherfucking scene. 
He's like my favorite fight. I know the shit with the PEDs was, yeah, it's bad, and but he's one of my favorite fighters of all time. He's just fucking. You gotta remember, yeah, those PEDs was for one fight, I believe anyway, to make weight for one twenty five. Yeah, he was using those to, using those PEDs to sort of help him with that one twenty five fight against Cejudo, which he lost anyway. But for the fights before that. He was TJ Dillashaw, bro. Just fucking people up. So good. Garbrandt just demolished him twice. And then comes against Sandhagen. Like he's out for a band for two years. His first fight back is Corey Sandhagen, who is literally at the top of the pile of the fucking division at Bantamweight. And puts on a fucking shirt as a scrap. I think Corey got the better of the stand-up exchanges, but it was... Overall, Dillashaw's control in the wrestling that kind of gave him the edge. Um, I think if you were to score that fight on damage, you would have given it to Sanhagen because, like I say, it was lighting him up in the strikes. But it's not all about the strikes. It's not a Muay Thai match. It's not a boxing match. It's, it's MMA. So Dillashaw came came with it. Came with a gay plan. Just wrestled. Got himself the win. Fucked his leg up in the process, though. And now Sanhagen gets to fight... Um, well, he fought, gets to fight, so he fought uh, Petrian for the, um, pff, fucking hell, what's it called? I know what it's called, it's not the championship, but the interim title, fucking hell. I, this is why I need a producer, hit me up. If anyone out there is interested, I need a producer just to keep me in check, so I'm not doing this completely on my own. Um, so yeah, he jumped the line, because obviously Dillashaw was injured after that fight, he jumped the line and got the Petrian... Um, interim title fight but Dillashaw's next in line so whoever wins out of now the rematch between Aljo, Main, Sterling and Petrian will fight Dillashaw so that's exciting Dillashaw fighting for the belt again which once recrowned um, trying to recrown himself as champion um, what other cool fights we have Cyril Garn Derek Lewis Cyril Garn again just Showing his um, showing his movement against Derek Lewis and in and out and just yeah ended up getting the finish there. Um, Darren Till Brunson that's one I don't even want to talk about. Darren Till, one of the greatest UK fighters on the scene, and he just just didn't look like he belonged there against Brunson. And he's sick, and I know there was other things behind it. Yeah, that that don't take that as me saying he doesn't belong in the UFC. He's shit. But that fight, he did not belong in that cage. Something was going on outside, I think. Definitely. Because he didn't look in shape. Couldn't really get his himself going and just got out-wrestled. But then when he did throw some strikes, it, you know, there was danger there. You can see there's danger there always. So I think there must have been something going on with that one um, for it to sort of turn out the way it did. So hoping he, he bounces back and... Sort of takes up storm for the rest of the division because he's fucking nuts, bro. He is good. Like apart, like Matt, he was fucking tearing shit up, and then he lost to Woodley. But Woodley was like in his prime of dominating the welterweight division, and then after that he went and fought Masvidal, I believe it was, which was supposed to be like his comfortable <laughs> regain some traction fight, but Masvidal just caught him. Shit happens, knocked him out, and then he went back up to world division. He's had a bit of a up and down with the welterweight division. Um, I think he's lost his last two. I think he's two and two in the world in the middleweight division. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with him. I hope he. I hope he bounces back. We also had the featherweight championship with Alexander Volkanovski and Brian Ortega T City. They did. I don't know if any of you watched it, but they did the Ultimate Fighter coaches as well. And I've watched every season of the Ultimate Fighter on UFC Fight Pass, and this was dead. <laughs> to put it politely, the fighters were sick. They had some good fighters on there. They've some of them are signed to the UFC now, but you know, like you're talking the Ultimate Fighter. We're talking about the Chael Sonnens and the Vandalays and you know the McGregor, your fate, your Fabers. That you know what I mean when there's shit going down. But these two were just. Kind of pranking each other. It wasn't really a lot going on. I mean, they're two nice guys, to be fair. So it wasn't the greatest, like, entertainment-wise. But the fights were crazy, bro. They're like The fighters on there were sick. But yeah, so when they fought 
Baron Ortega. <sighs> dangerous motherfucker. He had <laughs> Volkanovski as well, mate. Oh, I still don't know how. Like, it's impossible. Like, surely. Ortega was in a mounted guillotine. Flattened out. It was under the chin for what seemed like half a round. Do you know what I mean? He's like, he's he's like, fuck. Anyone else is going, like, is asleep by that point. Somehow Volkanovski is staying awake. And not only staying awake, but slips his motherfucking head out and then goes to town on Ortega and starts whacking him up. Inhuman, bud. Inhuman. And then fucking Ortega slips him into a triangle. T-City. You know, Brian... T-City Ortega, Triangle Ortega. And he gets out of that and, yeah. <laughs> Round of applause for Alexander Volkanovsky showing his championship spirit in that one. But then it also showed that Ortega's dangerous, man. Like, anyone out, like, anyone, anyone on the planet, that they're going to sleep after those two submissions. So, we'll see what's in store for Brian Ortega next and for Volkanovsky um, as well, because obviously Max Holloway was supposed to be fighting him, but he's just pulled out two days after the announcement with some injury. So we'll see what's in store for Volkanovski. It could be you've got the likes of um, Korean Zombie and all those kind of guys. So we'll see. But it's going to be good fights either way. Um, let's skip a few. Some good female fights. Um, Dan versus Rodriguez. That was a good fight, lad. Was that the one she missed weight? She, yeah. Costa Vittoria, loads to say about that one. With Costa coming in at 204. That's a changed weight. It's a middleweight fight. Costa's like 220 pounds on fight week. It's, the whole thing was fucking ridiculous, mate. And Vittoria was nothing but a professional. I hated Vittori until this fight, and now I'm a Vittori fan. And the only reason I hated Vittori is because the way he just couldn't get to grips about losing to Adesanya. And then, you know, some of the shit he said was just, shut up, bud. But I'm now a fan, and I'll fucking fist him till the end now, because he's, after that fight especially, because not only is there a load of these weight changes, and you've got Costa, who's a scary motherfucker at middleweight, but now he's coming in at, like, he's cutting weight to 205. So he changed the fight to a 205 fight. Costa's still only cutting a little bit of weight to get there. Vittori's already cut for middleweight, so he's just blown himself back up to 205. And then he goes in and fucks Costa up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? He he just outdone him in every sense of the word in that fight, and I loved it because I hated Costa for all of that build-up. So... I'm a Vittori fan now, and if you've watched that fight, watch it. If you haven't watched it, watch it. It's fucking sick. Proper sick. And I like him now. I don't like Costa. He should be cut. He should be cut from the UFC. Don't even make him fight 205. Just cut him, because that's disgraceful, man. That's disgra like that's the disgrace to Vittori, who's trained so hard and got... Do you know what I mean? I fucking hate that. So let's move on before I start losing my shit. All right? But we've got Blahovich, Chikser... I'm in Little Glover Tixera. I couldn't speak and it's been it was a long Saturday night. So uh mate, <laughs> I was buzzing for this because Glover Glover's been around since since Dame. Yeah, since like since the dawn of time, Glover's been around. Forty years old he going into this uh championship fight against the Polish powerhouse. And he gets the job fucking done. I was buzzing, and I was saying it to everyone. I was saying, don't sleep on him. He may be older, yeah? He may be older. You may have think you may think he's got a little bit lucky with his fights, but don't sleep on him, because all that experience adds up. And when you've got the experience mixed with the confidence of the win streak, it's hard to beat a man like that, you know? He's got 20 years' experience with with the sport, and then he's on a win streak at the latter stage of his career, and then he's going into a fight with all of that experience plus the hype behind him of a win streak. Like there's it's hard to beat a man like that. So all props to Clover and I hope um I hope he I hope he goes out on top as well, you know, because I don't think it's gonna be much we're not we're not gonna see him for much longer. Um 
so I hope that he keeps that title until he decides to hang it up and call it a day and he goes out on top because he, he deserves it. He's a, he's a great guy as well. I see some of his interviews and stuff. He's a, he's a cold dude. So what else we have? We've got Usman Covington 2, Madness again. So the first fight between those two, um, in my opinion, don't shoot me, but I'm a Colby fan. I'm not afraid to admit it. I think his his persona is, you know, a persona. That's exactly what it is. He's not like that. And if you think he's like that, you're dumb. Um, so, yeah. First fight, if it wasn't for the, the broken jaw, uh, he could have won that fight. Cause I feel like he was winning the fight up until the stoppage, you know? And I know it's hard to say that because MMA, like, he, he got stopped. He lost, simple as. But it's the what-ifs. That's what we love about this sport. It's the what-ifs. And the what-ifs were, I thought this was going to change the game when it came to the second fight. And on that second fight as well, I just have to mention, you got the Whaley and Rose Damanunez 2 as well, which we'll come to. But yeah, Usman Coverton 2. Again, Coverton, if he didn't get knocked down in the second round, I think it was, it would have been a different fight because Coverton had some success on that. And I think if he didn't lose that second round decisively, that was a 10-8 round because he got knocked down. If he didn't lose that round decisively, then pff, who knows? But I've heard a few, few people say it, and I'm starting to agree. I think as long as Usman is champ, Coverton isn't going to be. But if if Usman ain't there, Coverton's champ all day. He's nuts. Very good fighter. And then, yeah, obviously you had Zaley Wang, Rose Naman Nunez. And Rose Naman Nunez is my favourite woman fighter because she just goes out there and performs, yeah? She performs, not only performs, but like, does crazy shit. <laughs> Knocks out Joanna... Oh, here we go. Jewish chairs check. I try. I don't... I'm British. All right? Some things I just can't say. Um... And then even Zaylee Wang. Zaylee Wang was like dominating the division. She just comes in the first fight and knocks her clean out. Like, yeah, see you in a bit. Give me my title back. And then in the second fight, again, just obviously didn't get the finish, but she she put on an insane performance. There's no denying that um, she she had that one. More than most recent ones, a couple of months ago, in so say a couple of months ago in 2020, towards the end of 2021, we had Holloway versus Yaya Rodriguez. Motherfuckers. That one, I, no words, yeah? You can hear me. You can hear me. No fucking words. Um, one, of the, one of the greatest fights of the year. They, they, they went to war. And for Yaya Rodriguez, he hadn't fought in a couple of years. And I thought Holloway was just going to have his way with him, but he didn't. And it was a scrap, both of them going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. Holloway obviously got the better of him, but for what we, for what it was, really, for Yaya Rodriguez coming back, very impressive. Yeah, very impressive. So he's definitely going to be one to watch for the featherweight division, I think. Um, having his having his return fight as Max Holloway... That's brave, you know. I like even even as an active fighter. If I even if I was on a fucking win streak in the UFC right now, I'd still pull a little nugget if I had to fight Holloway next. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so fair play, great fight. Um, but that's incontent. Like the great. I have to talk about it before we move on. But Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler, greatest fight I think I've seen in a long time. Those two fucking went to war, just like. Rodriguez and Holloway, but they they that was a bloodbath, and it was Justin Gaethje who said it the best. He was like, "Those two should have been fighting in the Coliseum in a Coliseum to the death." Nuts. And uh, Chandler, no fucking Gaethje, the title shot. Yeah, so he's next in line for the title if, like I say, McGregor doesn't jump in and snatch up from him. So, uh last couple of ones we had. Font and Aldo, which is sick, seeing Aldo come back um, onto these win streaks. He's, he he just performed outstanding. He He's an unreal athlete. And going down a division as well, it's... I think going down a division is a lot harder than going up a division because there's extra weight to cut, especially when you're already cutting weight for featherweight and then he's going down to bantamweight. It's crazy. But he's definitely one to watch out for for the bantamweight division. I think now that he's on that winning path again... 
Um, he's going to be a fucking nightmare. Could be champ. We'll see. Obviously, you had Oliveira Poirier. We've already spoke about it, really, Oliver, um, briefly. But Oliveira just put in a great performance, dominating Poirier. Not dominating, but he was getting the better of the exchanges to begin with. Wore him down and then got the got the sub. Um, which is... It sucks for Poirier because he's, he's another one. You know, he just gets so close every time and then just gets fooled right back down. So that's a second title. Second title fight he's fought in unified title fight obviously he won the interim championship so he has had a taste of UFC gold but the actual unified belt he just didn't get it so that's that well that wraps up 2021 really obviously there's loads of other fights um, but these are the, just the ones that sort of come to my attention um, the ones that I think about when it comes to 2021 there's it's been some crazy craziness one of the greatest years of fighting yeah, you've got loads of up-and-coming fighters, which obviously we'll talk about more over the next few podcasts. Um, well, throughout the year, even so many are up-and-coming. Like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy, guys. That's what twenty-two is in store for. Yeah, you've got loads of good cards coming up. Obviously, we've got Cyril Garn and Ngannou this weekend. Um, I'm putting my money on Cyril Garn. He's probably an underdog in this one, so I'd put your money on Cyril Garn as well. Um, and coming to that, it's uh, like it's. Ngannou's in a weird stage right now. It's his last fight on his contract. And he's talking about quitting the UFC um, after this fight. And I think if he loses, it's going to be hard to do that. If he wins, he can ride off into the sunset as the champion. Um, pretty much stick his big dick up to the UFC and say, either pay, me, pay your fighters more or they're going to leave. Um, he'll go boxing and fight the Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, something like that. But he has to win to get that recognition. Yes, he's got to go out as a heavyweight champ. If Cyril Garn beats him, and beats him decisively as well, he's in a sticky situation. That means he's got a. I don't like none of those fights will materialize. I don't think in boxing right away. The Wilders and that. I don't think they'll be too interested in that. And then obviously he's just lost the belt. He's just lost a fight. He might be able to get some more money in other organisations. He might still even make more money boxing, but I think I think he's banking on himself winning, which he should do anyway. I think he could, he's got every chance of winning. He's playing a risky game, but fair play to him. If it gets more fighters to stand up um, about fighter pay more, then, you know, who's to, who's to chat shit about it? Plus, one of his middle fingers is probably bigger than my bicep, so I wouldn't chat shit about Ngannou anyway, because if I did, I'd probably look out my window and he'll be stood there ready to take my nuts off. So fuck that. Good luck to him, and I can't wait for the fights this weekend. I can't wait for what 22's got in store for the fight game. I can't wait for what it's got in store for everyone else. Um, you know, maybe we'll see Jake Paul get knocked out this year. That's what I'm fucking hoping for. Um, but... I don't want to get too much into Jake Paul. I don't want to talk about him too much. I I will. I will get to it. I, I bet some of you are probably thinking, hmm, maybe he'll pop a Jake Paul, Ty, Tyrone Woodley thing. No. Fuck off. Get out of there. Get off my podcast. I will talk about him when he's when it's... When he starts in, like, fighting boxers, basically. And and world-class boxers. At the moment, it's 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 entertaining. It's fun. It's cool. Um, but as far as fighting goes, um, yeah, I'm just not really that interested for a minute. For a minute. I'm not shitting on him. You know, I think he stands for great, great good stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm just not interested in it as of yet. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So yeah, we've got a lot, loads of shit to look forward to in 2022. Um, I hope you all are getting your own sort of, what's it called, plans together with no lockdown, um, I don't think there's going to be another one, but with no lockdowns, COVID's sort of slowly, life getting back to normal-ish, yeah? Compared to the last two years, this is the most normal it's been, so I hope you guys have got your plans ready for the year, I hope you go out and smash them, um, like I said, I'm going to get some more guests on for this one soon, I've got an exciting one lined up already, um, we've just got to see when we're going to do that one, when we'll be the best, but that's an exciting one. But, yeah, uh, this is pretty much... I'm going to do a lot more like these. Not just on fighting, you know. I just wanted to break down 2021 fight-wise for me. 
Um, oh, let's not talk. Let's talk about the two most important fights. My two kickboxing fights, you know. Mandon went up there and got shit done. First fight was a bit of a fucking joke, but you know, second fight. If you know it, you watched it. Have a look on my Instagram, Tay Sullivan M M A, T A Y S U double L I V A N M M A. Repeat it, write it down, tattoo it on your fucking forehead. Remember it. Um, but there's some videos on there of both the fights. Really, the second one I dominated, completely fucked them up. First one was a bit different, but I don't like to talk about it too much because it's kickboxing. This year I'm lining up for some. All out MMA war, um, training at different gyms. Obviously, my my tea. I'm still premier, born and bred. You know that's my that's my home, but I'm also training at other gyms as well. So doing my kickboxing and jujitsu still at premier. My MMA at Lions Den. So it's gonna be exciting year. It's gonna be exciting year. I can't wait. Can't wait to do more of these podcasts. Can't wait to get more people on this podcast. Um, so yeah, this is it, 2022 motherfuckers, thanks for tuning in to the first episode of Chat Shit Get Banged, can't wait to do some more with you, take it easy guys, love, love, love.